Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. Okay, so excited, especially after I looked up your YouTube. So I have Bobcat which is what everybody knew you back in the day. Like you said, in LA and in the show, but Larry Bobcat Jeffries, but Bobcat, which what a great name. <laughs> it's such a great name. Nobody has to try to figure out the rest of it. It's just Bobcat. Um, I, I wanna, how, how did you even get that name? Was that a nickname or something you chose for yourself? That was the nickname that I, um, some people gave me because being a dancer and a young male in DC, of course it came with a lot of, you know, hassles. And um, I was not a runner, I was a fighter. Ah. So I mean, my mom still tells the story about these 16 boys that jumped on me and I fought them off. Like a bobcat? Yeah. Oh my gosh, okay, that's a great, that's a great way to get a name. Right. So it's like um, we were coming home. We had played hooky from school. It was about six of us queens. And coming down the street, uh, one of the guys, Edward Hardy, he's passed now. Um, he was like uh, from the neighborhood we were walking through. And these two guys uh, that went to my school, I recognized them from my school, but I didn't know them. And uh, as they were, you know, they were asking him some questions and we were over waiting for him to come back. And then he calls me over, come to find out they wanted me to buy beer for them. And uh, so I had just got my draft card and oh. that was Vietnam's war. And um, so I, I said, no, you know, and they was like, you probably don't even have a, a card, you know, and uh, so they asked to see it. So I pulled my wallet out. And at that time, they, the men had just started carrying their little um, purses with the fringe, the little suede ones, you know. Yeah, oh, yes. So um, I got reached in there and got my wallet out and was going to show him. I showed it to him. And he's like, oh, take it out of the, take it out so we can see it. I said, if you can't see it through this, you know. So when I went to go put it back in my wallet and my bag, they snatched it. And when the guy snatched it, I grabbed him. The guy that was with him said, this ain't going to work. I mean, this S-H-I-T ain't going to go. And he stole me in the face. And I said, well, this shit ain't going. And I stole the guy in his face. So we start fighting. So six guys come down out of the neighborhood. They run around where my friends are. So two of them run, two of them stay and fight. So they got two apiece. So then 10 guys come out of the neighborhood after they hear about it, right? We're fighting. I did a uh, forced releve because one guy was pulling my leg down, one was pushing my head down, and one was trying to pull one leg, my leg up and under me. So I did a forced releve and punched him in the chest. And oh he, went out into the <laughs> he went out into the street. I almost got hit by a bus. So then it got so funny that the people at the bar start pulling chairs out, adults pulling chairs out, sitting watching. One of them was a friend of my mom's, Mr. June. And he called my mom and said, Hazel, you ain't got to worry about your gay son. I just seen him whip 16 niggas ass with a chain. Cause I had a little, little, little chain about that long in my bag, you know? 
Because back then, it wasn't really accepted. So you either fought or ran. So I wasn't a runner. I could run, but I'm not running for nobody. You know, so that's how I got the name Bobcat, because they were said I was a, a, a wild man. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that the guy with the fringe purse kicked their ass. I love that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. OK, so this we might as well go for sensational, because I, I always start like, where'd you dance? We talk about ballet. Just are we let's just jump because I asked you and like there's there's no shame in all your things that people know you for. So no. I know that uh, Bill told me to reach out to you and he sent me the link for um, Soul Train. So I want to get to that and some of the other okay. things you did. Okay. Let's just start with those awards. Like, let's just get the meat, get us uh, so the meat. That's maybe an interesting choice. <laughs> the meat of the story uh right okay. off the bat because well, there's people that are famous with. and then i put the name with it because i've heard this story from a few people but no name attached so i am sitting across from the the infamous or famous bobcat with this uh and so i kind of want to know what the, how this the, these awards what they were let's let's clarify that and then what you won okay well i i can't remember who started or how but um they came around and they nominated me it was the first thing that I heard that I was nominated for Big Basket. Me and oh God, what is the guy's name? Oh God, you might tall. He was tall in the white boys line, which was on the other side of the restroom from us. Um, tall. Craig Seeley. No. But it say was so. What's the name again? Craig, Craig Seeley. I just remember he was really tall and also it was, very it was, funny. It was a, very funny. Very friendly. Uh, good dancer. Yeah. Anyway, it was me and him, and I forgot what he was doing to show. You know, except for just showing, showing, um, how his basket was. Uh, but for me, uh. I could pull a chair with mine. Okay, let's go back because these awards were things like you said, best, best, best legs, boob, best legs, best boobs, best bum. Um, you say best high, package? Is yeah, what you called it? best package. Well, but they were saying, yeah, best package. Basket? Basket. Basket. Okay, basket. I've never heard basket. I learned so much doing these interviews. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, so. In between shows, you know, they would this. I guess this little committee would go around and see what everyone else, you know, what they did, you know, if they had something to do better, you know. Anyway, anyway, my thing was pulling the chair. So they would come into the restroom, and uh, I would wrap it around the chair. You know, the the chairs that have that little cutout in the at the yeah. top of them. Yeah. Okay. I wrap it through there, put my hands on my hip and walk backwards. Oh my gosh. I have heard this story, but not, I don't know if I heard it back then, but I was like, okay, this is the guy. And I'm trying not to let my imagination go too far into this story. I'm just like, how is that physically possible? How are you not like in the movies? <laughs> uh, I refuse to do the movies. I would yeah. do, you know, I would do the uh, nude modeling. Which yeah. That was that came out of a nude modeling, but it's not nude. And um, she had a a little television show like um, what's the art guy with the afro? Oh, Bob you know, Ross. Bob, Bob Ross. Right. She had a, a a segment like that, 
So that's what she did this with. I got the video for it also. I just don't know where the video is. It's a beautiful VCFR. picture. Yeah. And it reminds me of two things. She painted it as a African king. But if you can see the little shadow over my back, it reminds yeah. me of ankle wings. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. An yeah. angel with a, of an impressive package. Like, that's, <laughs> that's a, a Netflix series, I think. There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know if yeah. I remember those awards. I was there. So we found out we did work at the same time. I was uh, October 79 to October 80, and you were there. I think around 79. the same time I came in at 79 and it was the end of summer. So it had to be right around August. I think it's in the contract. Yeah. The contract changes, I think were right, right around October. Because right. after me, uh, uh, oh God, what's his name? <sighs> Hardy, Hardy, Hardy. He just passed. Oh yeah. Uh, he came in after me. And then after that was uh, Michael Shepard, I think. Oh, yeah. and I've interviewed Michael. What a love. And then you said like Yuri, because uh, I am I had got to dance with Yuri in Space Disco. And then I was, I always talk, I love taking his dance class. I'd never taken lyrical, I didn't think we called it back then, where I would mm. cry because he would bring out the emotions and then he would right. do funk and just, just beautiful, beautiful man. Um, uh-huh. And I just think like we talked about how I talked to Michael Norvell, Bill and Marty together, of how the black boys were in their own dressing room. Yeah. But then, but then like some of the bluebells never knew any of the black boys, but the tall nudes, we at least got to do space disco with you guys, which was one of the most fun numbers in the show. Um, and we even talked <laughs> oh, about, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, was it heat wave more fun? Heat wave. I like, yeah. I like heat wave. And well, that's what I, I was uh, doing understudy for was heat wave. And, um, I like Heat Wave and I liked um, Space. It was one other one. Which one was it? it wasn't top, was it top Hat? Top Hat was I like another coming, one to be in. Right. I like Top Hat because we went down the elevator and you came up over the stairs and down. I love that one too. Yeah. yeah. When I see the video, I'm like, no, this still is impressive without all the technology and all the all the things that are at a theater now, just that illusion with the stairs, with everybody coming over the top after the bluebells came down, it's still magical. Yes. No, the one that got me was that plane when the girls came in mm -hmm. the tall. I was in right wing, girl number three <laughs> on the right. <laughs> and I was on the right side when we brought you in, and I was always usually in the middle because I was the shortest. Were you guys with the um, the lights, right? The lights that would bring the plane in. Right. Oh man, I remember we seeing that show. We have to run all show. down all those stairs and come on stage and bring it. Yeah, it was so. Yeah, so I looked. Fun. I remember seeing the show before rehearsing and going, "Oh my god! Oh my! Wow!" Like just overwhelmed from the spectacle yeah. of this. So I want to know, like, what got you there? Like, how did? Why did you start dancing? Like, what is your path that gets you to not only Hello Hollywood, but like the order of things? So let's start with you as a child. Did you start dancing when you were young? I, I danced street, street dancing. Oh, awesome. Okay. Um, at the time, the twist was out and the mashed potatoes, and I would get in little dance talent shows and stuff like that. I always liked to dance because my family loved music. So uh, the BET had just done a, a uh, documentary on it telling all of this. Yeah. And so uh, 
my aunties were maybe about five years older than me. Um, my uncle, I was raised as a sibling, but I was really a nephew. Oh, okay. So, so uh, my auntie, Mary, Gloria, and John, those were my uncle and my aunties, but they were raised to me as my brother and sisters, you know. Yeah. So they used to love, love to go up to the uh, community center down in Hickory, North Carolina, and we would play the jukebox, you know. They had to take me everywhere because they were girls, and it's about the time that, you know, they were like probably 15, 16, where they could get into some mischief, you know. So my grandmother would always make them go take me with them, knowing that I was a handful. <laughs> so the way that they could get me to sit down somewhere was put a nickel in the jukebox. I love to dance. So I get down and start twisting and dancing and wait a minute, where are they at? They don't sneak also where, you know, but they come right back. So that's how I got into it. And then I used to like to watch any kind of dancing on television, uh, Fred Asterium uh, and uh, um, Gene Kelly, all of them. Oh, yeah. I would not watch that. Uh, so when I got moved to D.C., <clears throat> once my grandmother found out I was gay, uh, I guess she tried to send me to D.C. to my mom or my mom was going to bring me up there to scare me or whatever. Didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, so uh, when I went there, I started dancing in school. Uh, Duke Ellington School of Arts at the time when I went there was named called Western High School. That was so Duke Ellington. Duke Ellington is now a theater art school. I did not. And wow, very cool. Yeah, but see, at the time that I was going, it was just a regular high school. And uh, my music class, we would dance and stuff like that. We did a couple of plays. And then um, I ended up joining a group called the African Heritage Dancers and Drummers on 18th and Columbia Road. Uh, at the time, it was called the New Things African and Dancers, African Dancers and Drummers with Topper Karu. So I started dancing from that. There, Melvin Deal, God rest his soul, uh, started getting me into other things uh, besides African dance, because I get I could catch on really quick. All you had to do was show me, and I could catch on. So he started uh, introducing me to uh, this lady named, I think, Erica Timai. She was a ballet, uh, a, a ballerina back in the day from Germany or something. So she started giving me classes, and I was also doing little shows at the schools with her. And um, from that, I ran into uh, a program called Career in the Arts at George Washington University. And Debbie Allen was my jazz and modern teacher, and Mike Malone was my ballet teacher. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Did you think you wanted to be a dancer or this is all kind of things unfold and you go for it and it, you just find yourself moving further it, into it? That's the way it basically started out. Uh, you know, something to do. I was new to DC and I'm a country boy and here I am in the city. I don't know nothing. I'm too green, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was trying to basically stay out of trouble. And uh, there was a little school, uh, a little synagogue 
around the corner. And on Saturdays, it was, they would have folk dancing. And for 25 cents for adults and like 10 or 50 cents for kids. So me being a little poor little black boy, you know, they would let me just come in because I would pick up real quick. And yeah. sometimes you know, the, the instructor would have me assist. You know, I would be doing doing it while he went around and corrected people, you know. So from that, um, I end up going to Job Corps in Utah, uh, Clearfield, Utah, uh, where I met my wife, Carol. We got married. She's going to, you know, bring me out this way. Um, so once I got out here, I started teaching a class at a place called Mufundi Institute on um, 103rd and Watts. I think it was in Wilmington, but it was in Watts. And from there, it just took off. A guy by the name of Ron Bush at the time, before he got his spiritual name, Siri Satnam Singh, uh, came down and was watching uh, my class and took interest in me and invited me to come join his company at Inner City Cultural Center, which was on Pico and Vermont. Yeah. And that started me off because all the dancers were at, and actors were at Inner City Cultural Center. Can I go back just a little bit? I just want to hear a little bit about Dancing with Debbie Allen because she's such an icon. And I don't know if this pre-fame of how, how well known she was. was. What was, was she like as a teacher and an inspiration or... What did she instill in you? What you see on, when she was on fame, that's what she was, Her, that character, really? she, that's what she was. She was not mean, she was strict. Yeah. And um, I didn't have any problems with her uh, or anything with her classes. My problem was trying to get my head wrapped around ballet. Yeah. So me and, um, Mike and I ran into a <laughs> challenging. <laughs> <laughs> I would get so mad and, and act up and he would chase me. <laughs> really? Like, <laughs> I was I was terrible, but I was I didn't know, you know. Right, right. <clears throat> uh, but De Debbie, she ended up taking us to um meet uh God, what's his name? Took us to Harlem to meet this. Guy, oh God, I can't think of his name right now. I feel so stupid. Um, Was it part of Ailey or anything? No, it's the other one, not Ailey. What's the other oh. black? Oh my gosh. Uh, Dance Theater of Harlem? Yes. It, okay. But the guy's name, I can't remember his name and I should, I feel bad. But anyway, <clears throat> she took us there. Uh, I think it was like maybe two days because we went up on a bus. We stayed at the uh, University, Columbia University in the dorms. Oh and uh, she took us, you know, she would take us around and show us dance stuff. So when I left there, um, from there I did go back. I went, that's when I went to uh, North Carolina. And from North Carolina, I ended up going to job court. And what is, can you describe Job Corps? Because you have people from all over listening that. Maybe job Corps was a, I mean, Job Corps actually saved my life because um, at in that year, you know, heroin was really strong. It was ruining families, communities. 
And uh, I went to North Carolina because my grandmother had went blind. So I went down to help her since she raised me. And uh, she was okay. So I got a couple of little jobs there, but it wasn't what I wanted. Good, always been a good worker, but just that wasn't what I wanted. Uh, so then um, I end up joining Job Corps because they had uh, people out there, you know, um, recruiting. And I signed up and I think it was about maybe a year later before they called me. And I went to Job Corps and which was in Ogden, Utah. And I got my GED and uh, that's what saved me. Cause I mean, if I had to stayed there, I would have probably been on the Heron like all my friends were. And mm. so when I came back for like, you know, visits and stuff, it's like, I didn't recognize them. Wow. You know? Wow. You really were well, saved. Right. So from that, um, I met my wife and I was, went to Weber State University at the time it was called uh, Weber State College. And I took up drama and um, uh, what do you call it? Cosmo cosmetology. Oh, wow. Yeah. So then from that, I ended up going to uh, marrying my wife in Vegas uh, and then going to LA. And it didn't work out. So she ended up going back to Utah and I stayed there. And um, on my 25th birthday, uh, it was 23 when I went. On my 25th birthday, they start, I got in the audition for King Kong. Uh, Siri was telling me that um, they're having an audition at MGM and they're looking for African dancers. That was my forte, African dancer. I could do that mm -hmm. sleep, you yeah. know? And um, so <clears throat> the funny thing was uh, the choreographer was, Oh, come on now. Claude Thompson. There we go. Memory's and coming back. <laughs> coming back, right. <laughs> and the, um, his assistant for that was uh, Lorraine Fields and, oh, God, what's his name? Oh, oh, oh. It's on the tip of my tongue, and I can't call it. Chapman, Chapman, Chapman. Gary Chapman. There we go. <laughs> and so the funny thing was like all the guys there was from like inner city, all the dancers I knew, you know, from inner city. <clears throat> and they had Lester Wilson's dancers there, uh, Michael Peters and all of them, you know. Yeah. And um, so when we went across the floor, it was like a party to me because here's my boys, you know, we're just, yeah. you know, fast. so we had a good time going across the floor and it's like, I know they don't want me. I'm too short. That's always had been my thing that I was short, but I danced big, you know, mm. so they would think I was taller than I am. Uh, but this one, most of the time I wouldn't get it because of, I think because of shortness, I don't know what it was, but I wouldn't get it. So I did it. I had a good time. So I went, left, I left the line, went to grab my bag so I could leave. And Lorraine Field came over to me and said, you walked off the floor like, you know, you got this job. I said, no, they probably won't give it to me. I'm always too short. She said, you got the job. <gasps> oh, wow. Yay. <laughs> you know, so they start uh, filming that on my 25th birthday. And from there, it just kept taking off. 
you know, I would get more jobs. Like my, the first uh, People's Choice Award that they filmed, uh, I got that through Soul Train. They was to tell, you know, they didn't pay us on Soul Train, but they would give us little jobs here and there, or they find out about auditions and we'd go. So I went and got the, uh, for the audition. It was for the People's Choice Award. And it was the first year that they filmed it. And we were dancing to Boogie Nights. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know? Wait, is that LTD? Wait, LTD? Boogie. Yes. No, he, wait, er, no, there's no, okay, sorry. I just listened, I just listened to that. That's on is my that road trip playlist. Is that the BGs? No, it's not, I, well, I'll look at it. It's not LTD because I just looked at it. Anyway, right. okay. I think it's BGs, Boogie Nights. Okay. And, um, so uh, the guy's name, I can't remember the choreographer's name, Tommy something. Anyway, I can't remember his name. But he also worked with uh, celebrities. And so let me, I'm getting past myself, ahead of myself. So for the People's Choice Award, we're doing Boogie Nights. And then when... Um, it came, you know how they have the, they used to pop up and do like maybe eight counts and go back down, somebody else will pop up. So when it was time for me and my partner to pop up after after we had taped it, they gave us a, uh, they had, um, oh gosh, see now you may. We have a game, what's his name? That should be the name of our these interviews. What was that person's name? What's his name? <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh, it's uh, been so many years. Right. Oh, Burnett, they had like a little cameo picture of her looking at us doing this, and she was all into it. And it's like, that was my girl. I love oh, Carol yes. Burnett. So that oh. was a highlight. And the same choreographer got me a job with uh, Missy Gaynor. Oh my gosh. Wow. And she had did a television special called What's Hot and What's Not. And she did this Egyptian thing. And I was in that one. Well, I just looked at uh, Boogie Nights Heat Wave is the band. Heat Wave. And I just started to play, but yep, it's right. Sorry. I just have to Google all the names because it's like <laughs> all these things are so long ago. And so, like, ex to expect to know <laughs> dates and names, it's hard. But there's once you start talking, like, oh, I'm starting to remember names and things. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I watched the video of um, Soul Train because there was something because it was the unitard thing. I don't know if you want to talk more about Soul Train. Were you kind of coming in and out of Soul Train off and on, or were you there for a good long run, or what was that? I I went on Soul Train October of '77, and I left about October of '79. To do this show and then when I left the show I came back in 83 I danced to baby like maybe three shows after that and they, they did the shows once a month uh two shows on Saturday and two shows on Sunday they would tape yeah was it live audience too I'm trying to remember Soul no Train. live audience okay no, it was just a dance um uh even uh American Bandstand didn't have live audience. They had the uh, dancers, and it was like uh, audience participation. 
Because I, when I watched yeah. that, because there's the ones that kind of did the soul train, the way they fi- film them mm-hmm. coming down. But then you're up there in a unitard the on a platform. Yeah. So can you talk about mm-hmm. the difference? Because and what that was like to film, like, was there any prep or rehearsal or is it all just like freestyle, do what you want? Well, most of it for me and my partner, it was all freestyle, except for when we had to do a spotlight, which they kept doing spotlights for me. <sighs> but because I was a professional dancer or a trained dancer, uh, I wouldn't get told. They wanted to see what I would do. So everyone else that would do a spotlight, they would get told a week ahead of time for them to prepare. There's one uh, number that uh, I did with a friend of mine, Anton Thomas, which is um, Ernie Thomas's baby brother, God rest his soul. And Cheryl Song is the Asian girl with the long hair. She used to work in the office and she would always tell me just before lunch or, you know, before lunch, Bobcat, you know, you're doing um, a spotlight today, right? I said, no, nobody told me. So this one number that we did to um, it's by the whispers. Oh, it's by the whispers. I can't think of the name. It's also on YouTube. Um, we went outside and within 15 minutes choreographed that whole number. And that's partnering. Which was, and... look... was it? Like well, we weren't really part. Wasn't part partnering. Just dancing, you know, together. Okay. And uh, most, the style was mostly from Jerry Grimes and Lester Wilson. <laughs> the style of dance, which was uh, they used to call, um, oh, piss elegance. Ooh, never heard that. I like piss elegance. elegance. It's sort of that very grand style yeah 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 dance you know anyway uh they told us about he told us about that one uh even when i would do challenges you know don would like to see if the street dancers could outdance me so of course he put me up against um mr x god rest his soul um my favorite dance part dance the challenge was to do was uh, Cleveland Moses. He lives now in Japan. And uh, I like his style of dancing. He was, you know, you've seen these dancers that are technical, but they're cool. Yeah, with yeah. It. That's not, he would mix like me, take technique and street and put it together. He was into uh, popping and locking. Uh, so, but he had, te- he had been trained and he had technique. So that one was a good one. Um, they didn't pay us, but like, you know, like I said, they would give us little things. And uh, Chuck Johnson, God rest his soul, he was the dance coordinator. He just passed recently this year <sighs> in March. Anyway, um, we would talk. We were good friends. And I would come up with ideas, and he would, you know, talk to Don about them. And then, you know, sometimes they come up. Well, the BGs came out with shadow dancing. And I said, you know, it'd be nice to do something like that, you know, maybe be on ladders behind the scrim and have the light shining on us. The next tape, he did that. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, but we were having fun, so much fun with it, right? 
And uh, so after we danced, I think the next taping, they made us stop because Don said it looked too sensual. Oh. Okay. Uh (laughs) So the next thing was, uh uh-huh. But it was fun because we were on the ladders and, you know. Yeah, it was a good idea. Right, you know. And then um, they would also... um, do stuff like uh, I talked to Doc, I talked to Chuck. I said, Chuck, you know, it would be nice if we had a dance studio and we could train the dancers the way that we, the style of dance that they, that guys want. And he turned to me and said, um, "You know, that's in the working says be right there on La Cienega and Santa Monica." I stayed there for some rehearsals right yeah. on that spot. I have a question about right. the styles at this time. The only bad thing was. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, we're getting our, also our internet is choppy. <laughs> the only bad thing that, that that studio had was this metal pole in the middle of oh. a large studio. So yeah. when you're doing Sinead, you're not knocking. Bam. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> Oh my god, that's like New York. Like all of them have uh, the poles, and people are yeah. Right. We had them in our studio, and then now we don't. But people were so confused. I'm like almost every studio in New York you go to, they had the one or two poles, and you just like well, you learn how to right. dance on stage with others when you can avoid a pole. So with the styles right. that were happening, how much was influenced by the soul trade dancers, or were they paying attention to you know the popping and locking? I know that was street dancing. How much, do you know how much influence, like I know the show influenced those of us who weren't seeing street dance. We were getting exposed well, to things I, we would never have, but like how much influenced each side of that? Well, I changed the way they started dancing. Yeah. Because when, yeah, when they, when I, when they, when I went on, on slow songs, they would try to slow dance. And a lot of the guys were, you know, gay and didn't know how to lead. And it, it looks like the girls were leading them. My partner and I, my partner was much taller than me, but, but, but the style of dance we did complemented each other. So you didn't see the height, you know? Yeah. Uh, so next thing I know, they start seeing that my partner, Aretha Jackson, and I was getting a lot of the camera action. And so next thing I know, everybody's trying to swing arms and, emote, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. To get camera yeah. action. So then uh, a couple of guys start trying to wear spandex like I was wearing. And uh, Don shut it down. It was only two guys that he allowed to wear spandex on the show, which was me and Randy. Um, later on, uh, she started making costumes for, uh, what's this, Reggie, Reggie Thornton. And Reggie, he was a good dancer. He's an energetic dancer, but he wasn't a technical dancer. He is now. He went mm. and got training, and he's a very good dancer now out in the fields. And so that was an influence. I influenced him that way on Soul Train. And to the point of getting routines so that you're matching your partner, you know, so they start mm. working on more routines. Mm-hmm. They did change. I remember the show did change over the years. It was on for a long time. Yeah. How, do you know how long Soul Train ran? It ran from 
In Chicago, it ran from 70 to 72. And here it ran from 72 to, I want to say, 2000 and something. I know, because it I ran a long time and it changed. I'm just thinking even when Saturday yeah. Night Fever came out and that everybody was out in the clubs, like Soul Train was also like, you want to learn some stuff before you go out dancing. And I feel like that was so influential for yeah. people to go out and know what to do in a disco especially you got people that were never into rock. you know they my husband my husband he was all into rock and he goes i had to learn how to dance because i was going to meet women and so like yeah these right. people that never dance were like all of a sudden having a, a place to see things that they never would see be exposed to styles and not only right no not only just the dance but also fashion oh my gosh they were yeah. always looking for fashion. They were, the platform because they were wearing the you know they were, oh gosh the, Open shirt with oh my exactly. gosh, this <laughs> and huge that, hair. That was my thing. I I, I end up sweating when I dance, so I always wore things that I could sweat in and wouldn't you know be expensive, which was dance clothes. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. I else tried to dress up and wear slacks and and you know dress shirts. It's like I ain't got. They're not paying me any money for this. I don't know how, you know, dry cleaner <laughs> money to put my, right. I can walk, throw these in the tub and wash them out and, you know, yeah. hang them up over the, you know, so, but yeah. How did you, how did you get from that into Hello Hollywood? Because that's like not a logical jump in my mind, like Soul Train, I'm going to go to Reno and be a showboy dancer. Well, like I said, I was uh, in this, in this uh, group called the Beefcake Review. Uh, we had did it in Vegas at the Sahara. We had a little stay there and we were in Denver. And I guess at the time, um, Jillian was, and, and Adrian was looking for a re replacement or understudy for, um, for, um, the heat center wave. heat wave. Yeah. Yeah. Center heat wave. And at the time when I came, it was, uh, Yuri and Tim was the understudy. So then Yuri left it and Tim took it over and I was Tim's understudy. Mm. And when I didn't do it, when I didn't do it, I didn't want to do it, then Bill would have to do it. Okay. So I've heard these little bits. Did you audition for Hello Hollywood or how did they how did they find you or how did you yes. find that? Leland and Coco called me. Leland was a good friend of mine and Leland Smith got uh, he called me uh, and said, uh, what are you doing? Where are you at? And I said, I'm in Denver doing a show with Beefcake Review, which is a male exotic show. And um, he said, well, they're looking for a replacement for um, the show, uh, Principal Understudy. And they're looking for someone that's six foot tall. And I was like, I thought of you. I said, Leland, you forget I'm not six feet tall. <laughs> I'm only five, I'm only five, eight and a half. You know. So uh I they, he said, Can you get here? And I said, Yes, I can get here. So I left straight from um Denver and caught a flight to Reno. 
And all I had was the clothes that I had bought you know, on the shop for the tour. And uh, so Leland picked me up and everything and uh, took me in. Uh, my audition was held by, was it Coco? It was by Coco. Coco had the first, did the first audition. And um, Jillian watched and they started me out on like a two or three week trial, you know, mm -hmm. and um, then after that, that's when they put me in as understudy uh, for that one. Um, let's see, what other things that happened from there? What did, what did you think of the show? Because you had lived in Vegas. Had you seen like Hallelujah Hollywood or any of those shows to know what that no. style was? <laughs> when, I, when I came through Vegas and got married, I auditioned for, it wasn't Hollywood. Uh, Hallelujah Hollywood was probably back then. Hallelujah Hollywood. Yeah. I, I would say not Jubilee. It wasn't Jubilee. It was yeah, Hallelujah, Hollywood. Right. So I went there, but I had not um, gotten that style. You know, um, yeah. I auditioned in some cut off shorts, <laughs> some Daisy Duke, <laughs> egg warmers. <laughs> oh my gosh, I need a photo. <laughs> and again, and uh, I'm trying to throw in, you know, some of the, the, the moves from the Mel Exotic show. And I didn't know what they wanted. You know, they didn't say professional, this, that, or the other. So I auditioned twice and didn't get it, you know. But she said, told me, you know, keep, you know, keep going to class. And it was between lines, you know. Mm -hmm. so, so then I got to... Reno, my life I've been to ballet and you know, straighten that out. Yeah. <laughs> what did what what was your rehearsal process like? And because like going into those shows, like the rehearsals, and you're kind of thrown in there, and then you're in a different lifestyle than Beefcake Review. Right. But what we what they did, um, your first week of the show, uh, you had to watch the show every night. At least one mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. So you had to go afters, you know, up where the lights were, and uh, you had to sit and watch the show. And then after that week, uh, I think they put me in certain numbers, but not in the complete show. Yeah. They put me in certain numbers. Uh, it took me about two weeks before they put me in the full show and everything, you know. And, um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, it was. It was two weeks. My thing was that <laughs> tripped me out was you only got like $150 a week, right, for rehearsals. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, I get my check. Oh, I'm going to go catch my check in between shows, right? Let me try a little money. The whole week pay was gone in five minutes. I was <laughs> That's today. I will only gamble $20. If I'm going well, to Vegas for a week, oh, wow. yeah. I lost it all. All. Oh. So I was living in, in Sparks 
no car. So mm -hmm. I had to walk to the MGM for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and walk <laughs> home. <laughs> oh my God. Cause they fed us in the cafeteria. I don't know if we could eat every meal, but no, I remember you can, you're waiting you for your always... check. Cause you don't, you don't get your check for a while. Like you start rehearsals, but you don't get paid. And like, cannot, like, I was right. so thankful that I could go get a grilled cheese sandwich in that cafeteria until you get that first check exactly. and you're rehearsing hard, like living on no food. Right. <laughs> right. And it was only like $150. It's like, gosh. But then once you started, it was great pay. I think I was taking home like $450 a week. It was yeah. really nice. And that's know? like the 80s. Um, like, that's interesting to put that in relation to yes. the cost of living. And, Reno wasn't that expensive oh, to live right. in. And so we actually had money but, to spend. And we had, right. I I forgot the name. Sunset Circle or something like that in Sparks I was living at. It's nice little loft apartment. You know, it was cute, really cute. Uh, they had a pool, sauna, jacuzzi. So I would always have my wife make sure that I'm, I'm eating by 430 so I could eat, go jump in the jacuzzi, stretch and everything, so I didn't have to stretch as much when I got to work. Oh, that was smart. And I leave there. I leave there by you know seven fifteen or something. Get there by seven thirty. Uh, do my makeup, go and stretch a little bit, and get dressed. You know that was routine. So I have a question. I don't know if you remember that what you did, but do you remember what you did between shows? Because we had that two hours in between. Between shows, we would go over to a little club called Dave's <laughs> and get drunk. Oh and my drink, gosh, really? And, drink. and the second we show must have been very different than the first show. No, it was usually okay. The only time okay. the second show was <laughs> not a problem for the audience or for Jillian, but for me and John. <laughs> We went out and got so drunk. The second show, only thing we could do was the show. They had to dress us, push oh, no. us out on the stage. <laughs> we would do all the choreography perfectly and come yeah. off stage and just, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so John and I knew we were going to get fired, but we didn't get fired because it didn't read that we were drunk, but right. we were so drunk. I mean, and of course for like, um, for the opening number, we had the uh, underdress for Top Hat, you know? So mm -hmm. we were drunk and all these costumes, we were sweating <laughs> everything. Uh, I thought we were gonna miss the, uh, the elevator but they got us dressed in time and just pushed us on the because <laughs> oh we feel like being sober those elevators were were challenging right <laughs> but i don't know how i don't know how me and john did it but we laughed out it years later that we and were no one that drunk on. no one caught if they caught on they didn't say anything because right. we were in our places and we were doing the choreography correctly you know so yep. we didn't somebody get somebody in an interview anything. told me that they did mushrooms a couple of times. And then she goes, actually, don't record that. I don't want to get in trouble with my job now. I'm like, how does one do mushrooms and do that show? But I mean, I just, I mean, it was it, wonderful. It yeah. was wonderful doing mushrooms and acid on the show. 
So you did that. So I only just recently did mushrooms in a guided, facilitated thing for therapy. And I'm like, right. I had to have somebody help me get to the bathroom. I couldn't figure out the floor. I cannot imagine. So the show with all, because somebody said even like, it's technicolor. Like our memories of our 20s are uh-huh. technicolor because that's kind of your formative years. But we were living technicolor. We were living with all this color. Yes. And that's what made it so much better was it was just more brighter. It just <laughs> rainbowed, you know, it just, it was like being in a fantasy world. Oh, I want to try you know? that now. I want to go back and try that. <laughs> I was, so, I, barely, <laughs> I barely drank. I'm like, I had no idea all these things. Somebody was telling me people were having sex up on the speaker somewhere because the vibration was big. I'm like, I was doing the show. I had no idea people were on mushrooms and having sex. I was like, I'm going to put my costume oh, on. And I was all this world. I'm like, I didn't know all that was going so, on. That show, that show was a powder keg, a, a powder keg, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You get a everybody lot of people was, all in close proximity and together all the time. Too, too, oh, really? You know, I had no idea. Yes. I must have been super, super naive. Oh, gosh. Wow. You know, they, they kept it quiet. If it, if it had gotten around to uh, Jillian or Adrian, of course we would have been sacked. Um, but it was something to do because after a show, after a while in the show, your body goes on autopilot. Yeah, and that's what was what happened to us when we got drunk. We couldn't stand up and dress ourselves, but when we heard the music, autopilot. Yeah, I remember doing like Tiller with how many kicks. And thinking, I think I have to stop and get milk. I don't have any milk at home. While you're in your 50th kit, and then you're like, you're still, it's amazing how you can, well, it's like driving a car that you can get home and not remember the road. You've got two things going on that you're kicking and smiling and wondering like what you're going to eat after the show or mushrooms and you're having your own experience. (laughs) The labor (laughs) show. (laughs) Oh, I love all the you. Yeah, you know. And I guess as long as they know people aren't hurting, getting hurt or like... What can they do to me now? I'm 71. Right. Jillian's coming after you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. So did you, no, I think she probably knew things. I think as long as it wasn't yeah. endangering Jillian, someone or running the show. Right. It wasn't messing up the show and everything. Um, and I'm jumping back now again, because of you were saying about us guys being six feet tall. When Don Arden come to come to the show, already they already had me in high heels. But when he came, I had to have lips in my show and my shoes. Yeah. And that the first couple of times dancing with that was awkward. Oh yeah. But then after after I start practicing wearing high heels, <laughs> it was easier. You know, really? it was like wearing high heels dancing. You know, yeah. so I. I start wearing high heels around the house, you know, doing little moves to get used to it. And my 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 lips were already thick, thick, you know, and yeah. my heels were thick. But um, that was all. You only when at first I had to dance in them all the time, and then it got to the point after I've been in the show for maybe a month, they started letting me just dance in the in the shoes, which had the high heel. And when Don Don came, then I would have to put in the lifts. Wow. Oh my gosh. I just learned how many guys that we were dancing with had lifts. I didn't know that was a thing. 
So oh, I, yeah. I get this education 40 years later, all these other things. Because um, I know that- The only, only ones at the time they would, they would accept as short was the uh, ponies. Yeah, and that was unusual. All the ponies were shows. short. And they say short is five, eight is short, and that's not even short compared to, right. I would say, regular people. So did you have, did Don right, ever right. say anything? Because we have all the stories over how many interviews of pe people were told their face was like a can of worms, flushed themselves down the toilet. I mean, did you ever have any run-in or did you just do your job and Don never made a I comment? No, I've never had any run-in with Mr. Arden, uh, Don. <laughs> um <laughs> And I don't think he said anything to me. I think he said something to Winston, uh, do it. Yeah. Because uh, he was assisting him. And Winston was also a friend of mine through Lester Wilson's dancers. And uh, he, he was just wondering who I was, mm. how I got there. Okay. I didn't get any criticism like that at the time. I had a nice body, a nice bag of hair, you know. Yeah. Um, I kept kind of wavy or so, you know, short and wavy. Um, and I could dance. I mean, you know, I kept up with the choreography and stuff. My only down thing was that I was short, shorter than the other male dancers until they brought Brian in. And then Brian was a little about my height. Yeah. Well, I was talking to Bill, like he said, like some of the auditions, he knew he could outdance some of those taller ones. But if you're like an inch, mm -hmm. it's just sad to think of all these great dancers because of height. And so the lifts, like, okay, because to turn away all of you that we got to work with that were fabulous, you know, like we'll fix mm -hmm. it with lift, but to just say by your right. one inch too short to get to do this. I have a question right. about Don and because we, even now, like when I talk, it was Bill. Narvel, Marty, and Michael that I did it with them together. And we were talking about even saying the black boy line. Like we go, like, is that term? Because I know like that was in Hallelujah Hollywood. I think there was a black line of, well, Jubilee yes. had male and female, but Hello Hollywood only had black males. There was never any black females. And I go, did it feel like it was segregated? Or was Don also trying to change the, the narrative that there were options for black dancers? Like, I don't know how that felt. From the outside coming in like there is a place for you but it's also in your own separate line well yeah they did bring in a black female toward the end okay because uh saji was yeah. uh black queen and he uh would do the disco queen you know mm -hmm. that was his face and everything yeah and then coco would understudy and then they brought in, oh God, what's this? I think, I think Marty also understudied that one. Yeah, Marty also understudied before when I got there. Um, oh, they brought in a female, Jackie. There we go. Jackie Ford? Jackie. Jackie Ford. Okay, yeah, I remember. Yes. Yeah. They brought her in uh, later on, and she started doing the Disco Queen and a couple of other numbers in the show, you know. But that was she was the first black female that I know that was in the show. Yeah. So I mean, I guess he Don was trying to change things around because he knew, I guess, the black boys brought a little something to especially space and heat wave mm. to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. 
just doctored it up a little taste, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it was Michael's so. like, were we featured or were we, I was like, well, I felt like the choreography that, that you, and also, did you also do Knob Hill? I feel like you also had some partnering. Yeah. Now I your did not your face doesn't look too thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> and so well, it wasn't Nob just. Hill just to me was silly. It was yeah. silly. We didn't have a lot of, you know, we're more like character actors or bit actors in that. Uh, the one I did not like was Kate Walk. The finale. Oh, the finale. Oh, that's right. You guys have like Kate orange Walk. suits or I think what you guys wore in that uh, one. Bright yellow, bright yellow trimmed and orange. And we had to do these high kicks oh, all, yes. all the way across <laughs> that stage. It was a football field, you know? That's a lot of like, kicks. God, you get, right, you get a third of the way. It's like, ah, oh, my legs are killing me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh but I, I got I got the after a while I, I got out of it by doing uh the soldiers. We were two Roman soldiers, it was Leland and myself. Oh yeah. So was that Ben the Ben Hur wagon? That was the Ben Hur. That was okay. Ben Hur wagon, yeah. Wow. So did you feel like it was just time to be done? Because you were there for a while. And then like was there other things? So that's, every show seems to lead you to the next show because you get more opportunity and find out what's out there but well, all of us chose to leave for one reason or another unless there were people that were there from the very beginning to mm -hmm. the very end but a lot of us you know a, a contract or two and then on to the next thing right but i think what happened with me there at the show i don't know if it was the write-up i only got written up once that i know of and that was having a dispute with one of our dressers mm. and uh I think I the reason I did have that with him was being disrespected and it had to do with race. Oh. You know. Yeah. You so, stood up, said uh, something. Oh yeah. I was ready to, you know, go for the juggler and he wasn't backing down and I wasn't backing down. And then we got called into not Jillian's office. What was the stage manager's name? The oh. older guy. Oh, oh man. Starts with a W. Yes, 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 yes. But anyway, he brought us in and talked to us, you know, and he seemed that it wasn't nothing. It was more of a, a shoving match and an arguing. Uh, although we did get pink slipped, uh, that was the end of that, you know. Then shortly after that, uh, you know, started having problems with my wife and uh, found out that she was smoking crack. Oh, <laughs> And, oh. you know, she had found somebody in the complex and she was out there and um, it interfered with my performance, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. They started, I think that's when they started, they started looking for um, Hardy, Keith and um, Michael Young, you know. So uh, when they brought Hardy in, they let me go. Mm. They just didn't didn't renew the contract. They didn't fire me. They just didn't renew the contract. Yeah, and that happened to a lot and, of people. Uh, right, and I stayed in Reno maybe for another six months or so, and uh, then moved back to LA. Mm. Yeah, Reno was so different. I was just there last weekend. I um, met up with some bluebells and 
there's a show there for oh, okay. one and so it was interesting to be back it's changed a lot like I wanted to go see my old apartment I couldn't even figure out where I was half the time because it just looks so different but I just remember moving really? there because I'm from Washington I'm like it's so brown and I was missing trees and I, I grew to like Reno because I could go to Tahoe <laughs> but I it's a different lifestyle so from, yeah it was kind of the saving grace for some of us like okay I get in the green and go swim and be, but I mean, I know a lot of people didn't love Reno and marrying people and living there, but for some people like, Nope, end of the show. I'm there's not really a reason to stay in Reno. Right. So how was that adjusting? Right. Cause LA is a very different vibe and energy pace. Mm -hmm. Well, it was coming back, coming back to where, you know, I started my career more. So, um, <clears throat> so I just started coming back. I think, like I said, I, I probably did the show soul train for maybe two or three months before just leaving it all together. Um, and then, you know, that's when disco era hit in and I started doing music videos with, you know, uh, Dennis Edwards, Manhattan Transfer, Sam Harris. Oh my gosh. Uh, and dancing on, dancing with uh, Aretha Franklin she had a album, Sweet Passion, and we danced um, on Midnight Special. Oh my gosh, wow. And then I ended up going to Midnight Special again with Carrie Lucas, uh, Dance With Me was the song I think that was, Dance With Me. Yeah. Wow, because I went, when I was in Reno, MTV wasn't a thing yet, and then I came back so I was there in 80. I came back in 84 to do a thing with Greg Thompson just for a few months. And I started taking a mm -hmm. class at, I think it was Stars of Tomorrow was the one. I, I did. Yeah. But everybody that was in the show was doing music videos. People, so many of the people in the show were in Beat It and uh -huh. Thriller. Like it, I was taking class with people in the shows that were doing music video in Reno. Maybe they were flying to LA, but it definitely changed the, the scene in Reno. Like all, all the MTV changed what people were doing and yeah, I just like, it was really, right. you're laughing. What are you laughing at there? <laughs> because I could have got those, those, um, I could have got those jobs with Beat It and Thriller, but Michael and I had a, had a thing. You know how young dancers are when they hear about celebrity dancers and oh, they ain't that, all that. We were doing yeah. King Kong. <laughs> we were doing King Kong. And they had um, changed the choreography because it was too balletic. So they wanted it more African. So they, yeah. and they brought in more. Well, then um, one day that we were setting around, they were setting up a shot around the litter where they had Jessica. Yeah. And they had these dancers that were in these mask costumes. They covered the whole body. And I'm there, we were talking about dance, you know, and something was something they were talking about, uh, you know, Michael Peters, how, you know, he was coming up really good then. Yeah. And me, you know, like I say, young dancers trying to be all that, you know. I was, and I was saying, she can do all that ballet stuff, but can she can she drop her ass on the ground? You know, <laughs> you got to put your ass in the dirt. Gang, gang, you know, getting 
right across from me under the costume was Michael Peters. And we never, he never got past that. Never got past that with me. I, I mean, to the point I was getting ready to start taking this class and he got word of it and he closed his class and made him private. Oh, well, we were at, so you're, you're named Bobcat. We're, you're feisty. You, I like, I like I this. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's. The last time it was that we were at, the last time I saw him, we were at uh, Lester Wilson's funeral. And we were coming in. He was walking in front of me with one of uh, Lester's female dancers. And they had the family session section roped off. So as we were walking, he kept looking back at me, you know, like that, you know. So when he opened the, the uh, rope to let the guest that was with him in, he closed it and looked up at me like, you can't come in. And I was like, I don't want to come in. I'm right here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So a lot of gigs that I, that he did, I could not go back and, you know, go for because I knew I wouldn't get him. Oh, he kept, he held on to that one for a while. He held on to that. I mean, it really must, you know, but God, I mean, I was what twenty five when we did that. Yeah. You know? wow. But anyway, I have no grudge against him or nothing like that. It was just you know a silly kid being a kid. Yeah. So for people, I'm going to put some links because I love Rage Rock House Manhattan Transfer, and I want to look at some of these others. But you've had really an eclectic career. Like you definitely have a lot of variety. In the span, yes, how long was your career total from when you started as a like counting soul train as professionally? You, know, you get paid, but you are professional. How long was your professional well, career? Going by what they told me, professional uh, career was when you start getting paid to dance. So that was at the age of sixteen, because I wow. started dancing with Melvin Deal, African Heritage dancers and drummers. We were uh, one of the. He used to call us the founding dancers were the first dance, the first group that he started with. So from 16 to about, I could say 16, about 60. Really? Wow. So what were you doing in those later years? Like with, with dance then? Cause to make it to 60. Doing more of uh, more acting and and musicals. Really? Oh my. Okay. What was your last playing. musical? What was your swan song? Your last musical that you did? <laughs> Children of the Night. Wait, I've heard that. What? Who is? What is that? Children of the Night was a play by a good friend of mine, Steve Simeon, and it was about the gay life and the epidemic of. AIDS. Mm, yeah. And uh, it ran in LA. It was great, received greatly, but it didn't go anywhere. It could have went somewhere, but it didn't yeah. go anywhere. Uh, whatever reasons, um, we had Stanley Bennett Clay to present it a couple of times at the, um, what was the name of that? Um, Ebony Showcase Theater which is now the Nate Holden Theater. Uh, we ran there for a while and uh, 
received wonderfully. People still talk about it, you know, yeah. but um, it was telling about the different, about gay life, you know, yeah. how people came out or what childhood traumas they went through to hide who they were or accept who they were. Uh, later on, it went into the church scenes and stuff like that. Uh, we even had a bathhouse scene. You know, mm. it was about, it was about three hours, about three hours. I wonder, because this comes up a lot in interviews because we talk about many people we've lost. Because how many, you've said, God rest their soul several times in this interview of how many people we've lost. And then when I was in there, 70, AIDS was not, we didn't know of it yet. It wasn't till later, like 84, three or four, I was doing a show, right. 85, where we were hearing about this backstage, but talking to people who were in the shows, like, I don't know if you know, Miles Riley just talked about when you're in your twenties, you should not be going to a funeral every weekend. And then like people right. in dance class that you used to see are no longer there. And it's, I feel like the generation now, when I talk about this, my dancers, they know AIDS was a thing. They have no idea. And it was like the dance community was hit harder than if you had been doing a different lifestyle. It was our people. Exactly. And I feel like exactly. the awareness, I would love to see something like that come back because I feel like there's so many that we lost that we cherished and it was not done well politically, mm -hmm. socially. It could have been taken care of in such a different way with more compassion. And then there are stories within that, that there's a lot of compassion and beauty, but for the whole, there's movies that came out later, but I still feel like it's not that long ago. And it feels like right. for me, it just feels like it should be honored in an artistic way. So I don't know if somebody else does something like that. Cause that's really beautiful. You got to be part of it. Cause that's the community that you were surrounded by. It's not somebody else's social world. That was the world that we were, right. those were our people. That was our family that we lived with. Right, right, right. Yeah. How was that for exactly. you to participate in there? In that? Because it feels like it'd be kind of cathartic to have the art. In the show? Or in yeah, to get to be a part of telling the story and experiencing the story. It was wonderful. It was wonderful because I played a character and my character was Miss It. So I had to be in drag. And at the time I was very buff. I was buffer than I was in the show uh, in Reno. Yeah. And that was the character, you know, that's part of my character as Miss It. I would go from full drag on stage to a B-boy on stage. Wow. Through my whole my whole monologue, I was changing clothes, you know. Doing the monologue. Oh, so by time to see this. I, I just I wish I had by the time that this. I finished mm -hmm, by the time that I um, finished my monologue, I was bending over a backpack, uh, humming uh, Josephine Baker's song. That little thing. And as I'm doing that, I'm pulling out brogans and you know combat boots and putting them on the back of it. And I'm pulling out a uh, cap and sunglasses. And I turn around and walk down the stairs and I am this straight B-boy. Every time I would do it, the audience would get quiet because it would go from them to masculine that quick. Wow. I don't know if there's video. This I see now I want this to come back. I want to share this and have people experience it in a 
creative way like that. Wow. Yes. It was wonderful. I mean, Mr. Simeon put it together great. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. We've been asking him to bring it back. So hopefully, I think recently I heard it running around again mm -hmm. that uh, he might start it. You know, of course, I'll be playing it. If I'm in, I'll play a different character than Miss It because Miss It has to be buff. Um, and she, you know, I don't think I could, I could play it now, but I would be older. Is it in LA? Would that where it would bring come back to LA? Uh, yeah, it would be, he'd probably bring it back to LA first. If you do that, please let me know. I would love to come down. I'm not that, I'm in Seattle. I come I'm down cool. to LA. I would love to see that. Um, I don't really, I thought I had a question, but I love how you dress. I feel like there's parts of our stories that are funny and a little scandalous. And there's also tenderness of, you know, life. And like we, we've gone through a lot. Right. So I, this is not a deep right. question because I learned this from Norvell, frame the rats. What does that mean to you? Do you know that expression, frame the rat, came from Ada? No. Oh, he said it was something, a gesture with their hands that you framed. He said you framed your man manhood in heat wave. It was something with the hand gesture. I went, oh. I never heard that before. Yeah, there was like when you name, name things in the show, like we name our little dance things like this is. In Paris, we learned it when I uh -huh. went there for the reunion. A thing like this is called booby flower. And so like it's we make up names for things on stage like you could remember right, okay right. i do a chene into a booby flower and to frame the rat so you can remember the choreography but i just wondered if that would if that would kick anything up in your memory i think that was ada's um no i i think that was his thing um no i would just whatever the the movement was called if it was a ball change or flick or whatever you know that's the way i would call it you know but i would love doing uh my thing was counts being right on the count yeah. You know, a lot of people would be behind the count. I like being on the count or in between. Yeah. I'm doing my own stuff. I like being in between a lot because you would find different little sounds. There might be some drums over here that you liked or organ over there. So I go for those things that stood out more to dance. Yeah, on. found the music. Wow. So right. I know, here's my question because you've had such an eclectic, interesting career. And Hello Hollywood was just a little piece of that. But is there anything by doing that show that it either fulfilled or enhanced you as a performer that you took later into things with you? Yes, I noticed when I went back to Soul Train, it just made me feel like I was on the show again, a smaller stage. Yeah. So it got me to the point of dancing on that. And you had to dance big on that stage or you were dwarfed. Right, that right. It was a huge, huge stage, you know, and I didn't think we could get across it in eight counts, but we did. <laughs> <laughs> that was running. You know, it, it would truly, track, track training would have got us better prepared for that, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Because we would come out, the black boys would come out from the uh, left side of the stage. We had to go all the way across in eight counts. So was it space? was like, like you said, yeah. that was, uh, no, that was heat for heat wave. Well, heat wave and space. Yeah, because I feel like there's a part in space, space where you guys ran on. Because we right. stayed up on the curtain, came down for a little bit, but you guys had right. the curtain and the floor and some pop and lock and stuff, I think, but I want to say right. mm, whack, we, some whacking in there. Yeah, that, one, that, that whacking, more yeah. whacking. 
which is and, pretty cool back yeah, then. Yeah, and then we had then we had to run behind uh, the disco queen. You know, she yeah. would run around after she comes off of the um, off the curtain. Yeah, we were saying like just how many steps we took to get from the dressing room on the stage is more than I do now. I mean, I go for long walks, like just doing the show, going up and down uh -huh. the stairs, dancing on it, and then just getting to your dressing room is more than most people walk in a week. And we did that in what, two shows. And two shows every night except for one night. And yeah. everyone had different nights off, you know. I think mine was a Monday. I had Mondays off. I think I was Monday too. Yeah. We should have hung out. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been fun. I was at home with my wife. Okay. Yeah. Hanging out with my wife, you know. But uh she was a good old girl. She just, yeah. you know, had a had a little difficulties, you know, trying to get yeah. away from that stuff. Yeah, that's and that's uh harsh. I understood it once I got back because once I got back, I got caught up with uh, crystal meth for three years. Wow. How did you get and out of that? That's supposed to be like really, really hard to get out of. Not a Just problem stopped. for me and God. Really? Me and God. Yeah. I asked God, I got to the point, I asked God to give me a job to take me away from this city. And with his guidance, I'd come off the drugs. I got an audition for Jeff Kutosh. Oh yeah. And yeah, and I, I got the audition. I won I got the job. And the day that he, uh, he called me was a Friday. And he asked me if I could come in Monday to sign the contract. And I told him, I was like, uh, could I come in today? Because I have a Hollywood party to do. And it was one of those kind of parties. Mm. Um, so I knew I was going to look like something the cat drug in on Monday, you know, yeah. snorting this, popping that, drinking this, drinking that, you know, all the things that go on at those parties. So he said, well, since you're being honest with me, uh, go ahead and come in Monday. And I'll just keep an eye on it. But you know, if it interferes with the show, you're out, right? Yeah. I was like, yeah, I understood. So mm. it was Jeff, Kutosh, and Marty. And I w dressed nice. I think I had on burgundy and pink. Burgundy pants, pink shirt, dress shirt, and burgundy shoes. Nice. Mm. Dressed mm -hmm. nice. When I took my sunglasses off, it was like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> People can't see what I just I was somewhere was else. <laughs> I was wow. somewhere else, you know. So um, we got sat down and we talked and gave me the contract and we were talking about everything. And uh, I ended up giving him the contract and thanking him and, and walking out. And he ran behind me and said, uh, you didn't want the job? I was like, no, 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 I want a job. I, I, I appreciate it. And, you know, I want the job. He said, but you didn't sign the contract. I said, I didn't. <laughs> he gave me the contract. It was just as blank. I said, I told you I, I was going to look like something the cats dr drug in, right? And he said, well, okay, I'm, you know, I'm going to keep an eye on you now. You know, yeah. we have a problem. I'm going to have to let you go. And so I signed it, gave it back to him, and walked out the door. 
and went over to Soul Train. They were in the same, the offices were staying in the same building on Doheny and Sunset. Hmm. He was on one side of the building and Soul Train officers on the other side of the building. So I went over just see what was going on. Come to find out I had a Soul Train jacket that they were trying to find me to give to me and uh, spoke with Don and everything, you know. And then I walked down the side of the building to go to my car and I walked under the window and I heard Marty saying to Jeff, man, did you see him? He was on something. I don't think we can use him. And uh, Jeff was saying that, you know, oh, he already talked to me about it. He had a, a Hollywood party to do on the weekend. And he promised that that was the last party. And that that was the last of all that, you know. Wow. So when we went to we went to um, Atlantic City and the thing that was so funny about that was I met two people. Both of them was nurses. One sold it and one had, you know, I could get needles from the other one. And mm -hmm. I was making again four hundred and fifty dollars take home. But we had one day off, which was a Monday. My mom is in D.C. She could get there in four hours. So it's like, uh-uh. If she ever found me high, she would kill me, you know. So I did not do anything. Only thing I did was drink. And I was at the time I was drinking Grand Monnier straight. I wow. love Grand Monnier. <laughs> so I was doing that straight. And there was one number, one one step that I could not get uh, in the show. Now all the jazz stuff, I would leave this the the pop lockers behind. Mm. But it was this one move called Alpha. That's when they drop back on that on their arms and they kick one leg up. Yeah, I couldn't get that. I could get that to save my life. And I think that's the one that. That got me kicked out the show. Mm. Yeah, I but look at that now. Like, meant, oh, you break all your bones. So. That's probably a good reason. You, that's right. that you didn't do that. You'd probably be broken no, at this point. No, the guy, the guy that I, the guy that invented the step is from Soul Train, and I, you know, I see him regularly now. And he's seventy and can still do all that stuff. Really? We did the. Uh, Right, we did the uh, we did the uh, West Hollywood Gay Parade, Pride Parade, and he danced that whole mile. I mean, the whole length of the parade, the whole. And when he would see older people, like in the wheelchairs or walkers, he would go up and perform for them. Oh, you know. Wow. And Bill oh. didn't show you. I didn't tell you about that. I told I called Bill. I said, Bill, like, we're coming, we're coming to do the uh, West Hollywood uh, Gay Pride. Hope to see you on the on the street, you know. So he came out for a while. It was fun. Yeah. Oh man, I love that you guys are still in contact. I think that's one thing I've loved yeah. the interviews that people that have stayed friends because, you know, some people just do it for a little bit and move on. But I feel like the, the friendships that are still strong because we bonded differently. There, that's your whole life and family was when but, you're in the show, right? But yeah, right, but that was your whole family, you know, because there wasn't really much to do in Reno. Yeah. Uh, for entertainment, you know, dancers would either do um, plays 
or musicals or have some kind of little dance something, you know, at one of the studios. Um, so it became your family. Like with Sashi and the Black Boys, we would always go to Sashi's house after the show and play Uno and drink and have fun. Because, you know, you're still trying to come down right, from right, the right. show. So you can't just go home and go to me. Oh, my gosh. Okay. We're going to have to end this. Maybe that's how we end it. The wild party okay. life that you talk about. But after the show, it's drinking and playing Uno. I love that. Right. <laughs> and love your name, family. Bobcat. Yeah. Now, this is even, this is so fun to hear your story with how you got your name of your yeah, you're you're a fighter. You're feisty. It's uh, you've had a great career, and this was so much fun. So I will send a couple links, and, and I want people to look at that. B was it BET? No, was it BET? The the, the BET. thing on you. Okay, we'll send that link because that you was it, really fun. You get it on YouTube. YouTube. Okay, I'll I'll find that and link it. Yeah. So Bobcat, thank you so much. I'm so excited and, for people to hear your story. So best to you. Now um, I'm and, a Reiki. Now, uh, now I'm a Reiki healer. Are you really? Oh my gosh. Yep, okay. I'm Ricky Master. That's how we go. <laughs> <laughs>